It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is April 2nd, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's loss to the Toronto Raptors on a night where the Magic again lose an opportunity to gain ground on the Eastern Conference playoff race. But the good news is they don't lose any ground either. Everybody loses, everybody wins. So uh, the only thing that's lost is another game, just four games left in the regular season. We'll talk about the Orlando Magic's loss. We'll talk about the big lesson to come from this loss, namely the Magic's need to get back to their identity with only so much time to go to get back there and how vital these upcoming four games are, especially the next two. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes, the Himalaya app, or wherever you get podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast covering your Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level and detail of, of detail and care that we do here on Locked On Magic. Want to get ready for the New York Knicks? Follow Locked On Knicks coming off a big win over the Chicago Bulls. Maybe it's not a big win. I don't know. We'll have to listen to Locked On Knicks to find out. Keep up with the Miami Heat, Brooklyn Nets, and Detroit Pistons on Locked On Heat, Locked On Nets, and Locked On Pistons. I was, uh, I was, I joined Locked On Pistons to, pre- to discuss the Magic's game against Detroit Pistons last week. You can also check out Locked On NBA, where I was a guest on Monday's episode to talk about the Eastern Conference playoff race. 
as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball for all your fantasy basketball needs. There's all these great podcasts and a whole lot more, including baseball, including MLB, NFL, and colleges too, all on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, search iTunes or the Himalaya app or tell your smart device in your car or at home to play podcasts, Locked On, and the team you are looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic, like I said yesterday, have done surprisingly well against the Toronto Raptors, um, dominating them in two games, very different, differing circumstances on those, and the Raptors needing a buzzer beater from Danny Green to beat them in the first matchup. It, it, it does feel like this is a favorable matchup, but like I said yesterday, throw those games out the window. They don't mean anything, especially when we get to playoff time. And I, I don't want to say Toronto was out to make a statement on Monday night, but it sure felt like it at the end of the day. It sure felt like the Raptors were there to make sure the Magic knew what they could do to them. And it took them a while to get there. Orlando raced out to an early lead. It looked like the Magic were going to build the momentum that they've had. And maybe that early start, that, that quick offensive burst that the Magic had, lulled them into a little bit of a false sense of security. Because really, from the end of the first quarter on, after the Magic shot 62-63% in the first quarter, had 12 assists on 15 field goal makes, everything became significantly harder. And while I think Orlando was active and energetic defensively, they weren't efficient or effective. They weren't executing. They weren't doing what they know they have to do defensively to win basketball games. And that's the bottom line of all this, is Orlando didn't do what they had to do, and their offense basked a lot of problems. So yeah, sure, Jonathan Isaac was stellar defensively on Pascal Siakam. Sure, Aaron Gordon once again did a number on Kawhi, maybe not a number, but did really well on Kawhi Leonard. But it didn't matter, because Kyle Lowry got into the paint. Marcus Gasol was spreading the floor. Nikola Vucevic wasn't stopping penetration. It's all a bunch of little mistakes, and against a team like Toronto, it's those little mistakes that leave them the door open to make something happen. And especially when they play defense the way they play, and Orlando turned the ball over the way they did, and Orlando fouled the way they did. Playing without precision against a team like the Raptors is going to get you in trouble. And so throughout the first quarter, and really throughout much of the first half, it felt like the first team that gave any type of defensive consistency was going to take control of the game, seize control of the game, and win it. And Orlando was humming along offensively until they weren't. In one particular play, the Magic did get a stop, but Kawhi Leonard ripped the rebound away from Aaron Gordon, found Marc Gasol for three, and Nikola Vucevic fouled him. That's the kind of mistake you can't have at this time of year especially when you need to make up ground in the playoff hunt. And believe me, the Magic do need to make up ground. They're only a half, they're a half game back. So Toronto used that energy to go on what ended up being a 17-2 run. I think they said on the broadcast 22-5 in total to end the first half. That momentum carried over into the third quarter where Danny Green continued a three-point assault, making seven of ten three-pointers as Orlando... Lost track of him defensively. Allowed themselves to get sucked into the paint to try and stop penetration and giving up open three-pointers. 
Orlando's offense couldn't crack Toronto's defense. They couldn't get into the paint. They couldn't get the ball moving. And there you have it. Really, the second, certainly, the second blowout blowout loss for the Magic in the last week. And I would agree, and I'll I'll couch to this too, getting a split on this road trip is a victory of sorts. That's what we expected. We expect them to go 2-1-2 two two on this road trip and said if they could do that, they'll be in good shape. But the pressure is mounting. The pressure is up, and the Magic can't play this way. The Magic can't play in a way where they're giving up points and giving up open shots the way they played against Toronto. And unfortunately, this is part of a longer trend, which we'll talk about in a moment. But overall, Orlando has to feel they did not give their best effort in a 121-109 loss to the Toronto Raptors at Scotiabank Arena. They have to feel that the way they played in the first quarter, especially early on when they built a sizable lead, I think they led by as much as 11, Orlando showed that they can push these guys around a little bit, that they can compete at their level. But unfortunately, they could not keep that momentum up. For whatever reason, they couldn't keep the defensive focus and defensive intensity and defensive energy where they needed it. And that put them in a hole. And against Toronto, you cannot put yourself in that hole. This is not a team that can get away with playing a 50% game or even a 60% game against a team like Toronto. And if there's a lesson to learn from all this, it's playoff basketball, this series, is going to demand a lot of intensity. I hate to say this to the Magic, Toronto has another gear. They played well on Monday night. And they can play even better. Orlando's got to play well now. Because good is not good enough. And and they weren't good defensively at all on Monday night. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's run through some final stats for you real fast. Not a lot to get to in this game. It was it was a very strange game. Orlando ends up shooting just 46.2% from the floor. Like I said, they shot 60% in the first quarter. Things really tailed off from there. Just 12 of 33 from beyond the arc, 11 for 15 from the foul line. Orlando did get 11 offensive rebounds. And, you know, I think that that the analysis, you know, their, their offensive rating in this game was a pretty robust 107.9. That's, that's above the Magic's average or right around the Magic's average. Um, so it's not that they played poorly offensively, honestly. I think 
Orlando did do some nice things. They struggled to get consistent penetration. They struggled to consistently get into the paint and and create the paint touches that they needed. And credit to Toronto's defense, they played fantastic. Orlando just wasn't able to get the penetration and get clean passes. I mean, honestly, they had only 13 turnovers. I was surprised the number was that low because it, it just felt like Orlando was sloppy uh, all night long. They just weren't crisp, and, 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 and Toronto deserves a lot of credit for that. Uh, but Orlando did plenty offensively if they play defense the way they're capable of playing. And that's really the big issue in this game is that their defense didn't play up the snuff. There were some strong defensive performances, though, that I do think are worth mentioning, and we'll mention them first. Jonathan Isaac, 8 points, 3 for 6 shooting, 2 for 4 from beyond the arc, 4 rebounds, 3 steals, 3 blocks. Isaac was everywhere, especially early in the game. Pascal Siakam is likely to win Most Improved Player of the Year. He was 2 for 9 in the game. Jonathan Isaac, it felt like, took that matchup personally. He harassed Siakam throughout the game. And Isaac played a fantastic defensive game. I loved this game from Jonathan Isaac. They need to get him involved more in the offense, frankly, to reward him for how well he played defensively in this game. Um, But generally, you know, if Isaac's getting his shots, getting involved in the offense and and getting those corner threes, things are usually going pretty well for the Magic. He, He was able to get some of those shots, especially early on. Those tapered off as the game went on. So that that part certainly a little bit concerning but Isaac overall just defensively was on fire he took Siakam almost completely out of the game uh and that's that was a big benefit to the magic especially early on as they as they staked their early lead another defensive player that I think deserves credit uh Wes Awundu certainly deserves credit 16 points a perfect 7 for 7 from the foul line or 7 for 7 from the field that did not get to the foul line um only player of of consequence for the Magic that finished with a positive plus minus. Really, everyone did. He was in the game late when the when the deep bench unit made a run to push it down to eight when when they were down by as much as twenty three. I want to say, um, but a one new real effective offensively. You can feel the confidence in him offensively right now. Defensively, I thought he was pretty solid. Um, did get matched up a few times with Kawhi Leonard that didn't work out so well. Um, but but I thought overall he was good. Tim Birch, I thought, was also very good. 11 points, 5 for 8 shooting, 4 rebounds. Did a great job running the floor. Did a great job making himself available. Did a great job just challenging shots at the rim. I mean, his pick-and-roll defense right now is really on point for this team. Um, Nikola Vucevic has kind of taken a little bit of a step back. He hasn't. He's not setting the line precisely the way he needs to. Guards aren't getting through screens effectively. But Kevin Birch makes up for a lot of that. And, and so I think Birch played a really strong first half, especially second half. You know, not as visible as a bench player, but um, especially because the game got out of hand before the bench got in in the second half. Uh, but uh, overall, Ken Birch, I thought, had a really nice game. I know it meant a lot to him playing in Canada. Um, Nikola Vucevic, like I said, 13 points, 13 rebounds, 5 for 14 shooting. You know, I, I, I hate to pile on Nikola Vucevic all the time. Um, and I think, I, you know, I, I will admit this, I probably hold him to a different standard than every other player on the Magic. He is the team's heartbeat. He is really the guy that sets the tone for the entire team. When he plays with intensity on defense, this is a different team. And, and intensity, I don't mean effort. I mean just kind of precision uh, and, and physicality, really, and, and really doing a good job setting his line and, and forcing guards to go where he wants them to go. When guards beat him off the dribble like they have of late, the Magic defense is really, really not good and, and difficult. And when he's not making shots efficiently and effectively, that's a big problem for the team. Um, he just, again, is someone who's supposed to stabilize a team really on both ends. Um, that is a lot of responsibility, but that comes with being an all-star. That comes with being the guy. 
Um, Nikola Vucevic is that guy on this team. And when the team struggles the way they do, you have to look at the team captain. You have to look at the best player as to why they did in, in some ways. Vucevic is not solely to blame for a lot of this. Marcus Gasol does a good job drawing centers away from the paint, so that took him away from the glass. That took him away from pick-and-roll situations. That, 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 that gave him a lot to think about. But at the same time, you got to trust your defense to guard that, guard that man and help you out. you got to trust that, that you've, you've got to just do your job and focus on the ball. And again, I say this about Vucevic a lot. He has to make a decision and commit to it. Um, I don't think he was in no man's land like, like he sometimes is when he struggles a lot in this game that I just don't think he was aggressive and assertive defensively. And and that showed in the way the Magic played overall. Like I said, he is the heartbeat. When he plays well, when he has good games, the Magic typically do well. When he has poor games, like he did to some extent against Indiana on Saturday, um, like he did against Detroit for sure, when that happens, the Magic are in trouble. Orlando did a lot of, did, did you know, as much as, this game was a blowout and, and, and not the game the Magic wanted to have. They did do some things well, but they did a lot of big things poorly, and that's why they lost this game. DJ Augustin is a perfect example of this. Eight points, six assists, three for nine shooting, four turnovers. Augustin was able to get into the paint and drive, dribble around, but not finding many passing lanes. Toronto used their length really well to, to stifle him. Um, his shooting shows that. His turnovers show that. He was trying to force a lot of action. But you add on top of all this the fact that he lost Danny Green on several occasions. The Magic put Evan Fournier and Kyle Lowry. They put DJ Augustin on Danny Green. And Danny Green just continually got free off of screens for three-pointers. Um, you don't make seven threes without beating the defense a few times. Augustin does have a tendency to roam and try and pick try and pickpocket and go for steals. But this is not a matchup to do that. And, and, and um, you know, honestly, uh, this, this is going to be a big issue when we get to the playoffs. Augustin can even play good defense, but he's not tall enough to really challenge and contest shots. Um, he's got to find a different way to do it, and, and unfortunately, that's a, that's a limitation of DJ Augustin. I mean, I don't think that's news to anyone. I think that's something we expected to be an issue, but now that we're in playoff mode, teams are going to take advantage of that. The Magic are going to find it difficult to hide DJ Augustin on defense, and and you know he played Toronto. You know, I would say Toronto is one of the more likely matchups for the Magic in in this playoff race. Um, hiding him on Danny Green is only going to get you so far. So I think that that is a concern for the Magic overall, that Augustin is kind of floating around there. You're not really sure what, what's going to happen with him and, and how you're going to use him. Um, Terrence Ross also had a really poor game. Six points, two for 10 shooting, uh, two for eight from beyond the arc. Just came out forcing a shot. Um, I know, And I know I say this a lot. Ross is someone that you say he can take a bad shot because he can create space pretty easily and, and jump pretty quickly. But this game, it just felt like he was only looking to shoot all the time. And, and that, that is part of his role. Um, but just they weren't good shots. Um, they were not even shots I would want Terrence Ross to take under special criteria for Terrence Ross. Um, it just felt like everything was very, very forced with him. And, and that obviously, that's not effective for Orlando. Other guys to note, Aaron Gordon with six points on three for seven shooting. Um, struggled to break free from Kawhi Leonard. It looked like a lot of his shots were forced and strained. But give Gordon credit here. Played some played some solid defense on Kawhi Leonard. Leonard finishes with 15 points, 5 for 12 shooting, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. I thought the only issue I had with Aaron Gordon's defense was I felt like he was jumping and biting on pump fakes too much. Kawhi Leonard could have gotten to the line a few more times. Um, but overall, I thought Gordon did a good job keeping Leonard in front of him. Forcing difficult shots, Leonard's going to make a few uh, and sticking with them. You know, if if the Magic do go uh, into the playoffs against this Toronto team, 
you know, I do think playoff Kawhi does exist, and I think Kawhi has another level, but I'm really interested to see Aaron Gordon go up against him because Gordon has matched up very, very well against him this season. Orlando shoots 46.2% from the floor, 12 of 33 from beyond the arc, 11 for 15 from the foul line, 13 turnovers, a big hurt for the Magic as Toronto gets 18 points off those turnovers. Toronto led in scoring by Danny Green with 29 points, 11 for 15 shooting, 7 for 10 from beyond the arc. They get 15 off the bench from Serge Ibaka, 15 from Kawhi Leonard, and 13 from Marc Gasol. They shoot 50% from the floor, 19 for 37 from beyond the arc. Big, big, big difference for Toronto. They just made a ton of threes. Kyle Lowry makes three, Fred Van Vliet makes two, Marcus Gasol makes two, and Danny Green makes seven. 31 assists off 42 field goal makes Toronto move the ball exceptionally well. That's how they get 19 three-pointers. And Toronto just kind of proved themselves to be the better team. They made their statement, and they took a 121-109 to victory. The good news for the Orlando Magic, the Miami Heat lost to the Boston Celtics, the Detroit Pistons lost to the Indiana Pacers, the Brooklyn Nets lost to the Milwaukee Bucks, Everyone is as they were. Orlando still trails Detroit by a game and a half for the sixth seed. They still trail Brooklyn by a game for the seventh seed. And they still trail the Miami Heat by a half game for the eighth seed in the playoffs. Everyone is as they were. No changes. Just four games left for the Orlando Magic to make up that half game. Miami still has a game in hand, like I said, like I keep saying. They don't play that game till the penultimate day of the season. All Orlando can do is focus on themselves. I'll say this again. It's good to watch scores. Do it after the game. Don't worry about them during the Magic game. Orlando has to take care of their business first, and they have two critical home games coming up. My opinion, Orlando's got to go three and uh, got to go two, uh, three and two now three and one in these final four games. No choice on that. They got to win both these games at home, and take one of the two games on the road, I think, to make the playoffs. I, I, I think that that gets them in. If they go 2-2 two and two on this, 2-2 two and two the rest of the way, it's going to get dicey. This is going to go all the way down to the final day of the season, but it starts with Wednesday's game against the New York Knicks. Once again, the final, the Toronto Raptors 121, the Orlando Magic 109. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And like I, I, Steve Clifford really said this best. Um, you know, Steve Clifford in his press conferences after games, you know, says what he wants to say, the message that he wants to get out to his team. He doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't try and change too much. He says what he needs to say. Um, and so he was asked, I think, about the fast start, and he said, you know, we didn't play defense. Just plain and simple, we did not play defense the entire game, and 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 that's not who we are. And he made a statement that is important for this team. 
We have to play who we are. And, you know, a lot of people maybe have theories of what they want the Magic to be, but this Magic team is a gritty, tough defensive team. They play above their heads. They have no margin of error. They know they have no margin of error, but they still play effective and efficiently on the defensive end, and that gives them a chance to win every game. It's no coincidence, I think, that Steve Clifford has a penchant for being in a lot of close games, that this Magic team has lost by more than 10 points just three times since January 9th. This was the third time. They don't have a lot of games like this. But now they've had two in the last three games. They've had two in the last four games. And each of those games has followed a similar frustrating pattern. In fact, I would argue that this is a pattern that that goes back to the Memphis game, to the Dallas game even. That the Magic are not the team that they need to be if they want to make a playoff push. And certainly, you can argue, and I think argue effectively, that that they would be in a more comfortable position if they were the team they know they can be. Now, there are regular ups and downs in a season. You, it's hard, you know, except for the elite, elite teams, it is hard to maintain a consistent level of play for 82 games. Clifford said it, I think, after the game that, you know, the best teams, they can slip in some areas and make up for it in other areas because they're good at a lot of things. The Magic are not that team. The Magic are elite, are good at really one thing, and that's their defense. They have a lot of different factors that contribute to that. They're, they're elite defensive rebounding. They're pretty good at protecting the ball, not turning the ball over. They're pretty good at limiting fast break points. They're pretty good at limiting points in the paint. That all adds up to their defense being legitimately a very good defense. For the season this year, of course, Orlando is ninth in the league now in defensive rating, giving up 107.6 points per 100 possessions. Monday night, they gave up 122.2 points per 100 possessions. In fact, it was the third straight game Orlando has given up more than 120 points per 100 possessions. Third straight game. That is not a winning formula for the Magic. No surprise, they're 1-2 and two in those games. They gave up 125 points per 100 possessions to the Pistons last week. They gave up 120.8 to the Pacers in a game where they played defense for a solid stretch in the third and fourth quarter, and that was enough. Everyone knew coming out of that game the Magic were lucky to win it. They did the job. They took care of their business. No one complains. The results are all that matters right now. But that was not a way for the Magic to win. And again, that was proven Monday night. You can go back even to the Miami game. giving up, Going down by 17 points in the first, first quarter. Really, the first half, they didn't play very much defense. Second half, they buckled down, came back, and won that game. They won that game on their defense. And the same thing even Monday, last Monday against Philadelphia. First half, didn't play very much defense. They were able to score and keep up. It was their defense in the second half, that nearly 12-minute stretch, nearly 11-minute stretch, but they didn't give up a point that won them that game. In fact, that Memphis game, they gave up 113.3 points per 100 possessions, giving up tons of drives to the middle until the fourth quarter when they buckled down and they came back to win that game. Defense is the key to everything Orlando does. They're not going to win many games 
playing poor defense. They can't outscore teams. Not regularly, not reliably. But if they but if they play defense and even against some mediocre opponents for three quarters, that's enough. They shouldn't try to do that. Don't test that theory. But when they don't play defense, when they struggle the way that they did, giving up drives to the lane, giving up kickouts, giving up everything, they are not a good team. And of course, the dull moment is here. Of course, if you play bad defense, you're not a good team. The issue is we know this Magic team is better. We know this Magic team is capable. We know this Magic team is, dare I say, an elite defensive team. Maybe not elite, but certainly very good. It is their defense that has gotten them this far. And so when Steve Clifford says, we have to remember who we are, this is what he means. They have to commit and play defense at an extraordinarily high level to have a chance to win these games. Like I said, teams go through normal swings in the season. Go through ups and downs. It's hard to keep the intensity and the physicality up for an 82-game season. The Magic have had their ups and downs all year. They're picking one bad time to go through a down period, though. And if they want any hope of making the playoffs, if they want any hope of advancing into the next round, not next round of the playoffs, but into the playoffs themselves, it's going to start on defense. And if you're Steve Clifford, the number one thing you want to see Wednesday night against the Knicks is that the team comes out focused defensively. They can score 95 points if they give up 88. And if they have to play that kind of a game, they need to do it. They need to make the game like that, to be perfectly honest. Because that's a game the Magic can win. Make no doubt about it. I will repeat this every day, for the next day at least, but I will say this over and over again. The next two games, the next four games are must-win games, all of them. The next two games, the Magic cannot afford to drop. Period. Full stop. If this is a seven-game series to make the playoffs, if four wins gets you in, the Magic are down 2-1 in the series. You want to play playoff pressure? You want to play this like that? it's the playoffs? You're down 2-1. You got a home game in game four. You got to take care of business. You've got to get the job done now. And tie this series up. And you're not going to do it playing the defense that you've played over the last three games. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Himalaya app, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening uh, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 